0: Look, I guess is that working? i won't put it back up. I'm gonna hold it, Steve. That's you've turned me up. Ah, that's a big deal. Ah, thanks, Mom. I needed that uh, get a little help this morning. You know. See, I told you this was gonna carry on a while. We ain't even got started. Well, so Jack asked me to come and testify, testimony, test whatever I want to do. Well, then I'm going to start out with a little song because it's been kind of on my heart. Because since I found this congregation three and a half or so years ago, became a part of it over three years ago with my brother George here. Thank you, George, because if it wasn't for George, I wouldn't have cut this trail. I would not have. God is so good to work us together the way he worked together with me and George and it brought us to this congregation which I call my family yes, we now the family of God is all over the world I know that but this is my little family right here yeah. you know one day we're going to have a grand reunion yeah but for right now, I'm right here. So I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. I've been washed in the fountain, cleansed by the blood. Hey, join with Jesus as we travel this sod. Because we're part of the family. The family of God. I'm so glad to be a part of this family. The love in this family is so strong. I've said it before, I'll say it again. It just captivates me. Ain't nobody perfect in here, especially me. But man, the love is strong here. When I need it, I get it. When they need it, I give it. Well, that said, as a testimony of my life a little bit, I want to go back to say there was a time whenever I could speak for the Lord and I would get shut up and I'm um, canceled out and and discouraged. It's more my fault than anybody's, but I was living a bad life. I was living a life of sin. And uh, I heard about I knew about i knew the facts that where i went jesus went with me because he came into me at a very young age and i was warned about that that you know wherever you take that temple he's dwelling in it yes. Amen. well i'll tell you i was a spoilt brat i grew up and became very spoiled and i'm talking about within the family I figured I'd do whatever I want to do. And uh, Jesus, if this ain't where I'm supposed to go, you know, and if you're going to get, go with me, well, just come along. Here we go. I know he did. I drug him through some places, some rough places. I'm sure maybe others have done this too. I don't know. But I sure did it. And you know what? He never once left me. He never once left me. He never abandoned me. I stayed within the hand of God. Doing things I should not have been doing. Influencing people in ways I shouldn't have been influencing and being influenced. And all the time, His Spirit working within me. I picked up a lot of things along the way a lot of weight a lot of baggage you know and whenever I would try to speak of the Lord and his ways to others they wouldn't hear me because of the way I was living you know I was being a very horrible example you can't live the life of the world and try to bring people out of the world and into the kingdom of heaven into the family of God you can't do it I learned firsthand. And I thought it was them, see? I thought that they just ridiculed and wouldn't accept, you know, and they had their eyes closed. I thought they were just fools. I finally had my eyes open that who the fool was. It was me. When About three or four years ago, my word, all this life of mine, just three or four years ago, four years ago maybe, God truly, 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 settled my heart and brought me so close to him he had always been close to me There's not a doubt in my mind when he brought me close to him i realized how he had always been right next to me It was me that walked away. Yes, we walk away from God. God never, ever walks away from you. I want everybody in here to please understand how much God loves you. It's immeasurable. You can't measure it. No way. No way. No way. It's unimaginable. You can't really conceive of it in your mind. It's way too big, it's way too different than our physical love I know I praise him for that when, this, when he started to open my eyes to these things and started moving in my life I found that wow he moves in people around you not just in you alone as an individual but he, he, he changed me by placing things in my life in my way if you would put them right in my way I started uh, getting encouragement from people that aren't here. It isn't here. It wasn't from here. It was from other areas of my life. I started getting uh, pulls from people. I used to think that I didn't need people. I only needed God. I didn't need a pastor or a teacher because they're just men. I only needed God. Well, God sure opened my eyes with people, with people. He used he used what I thought I didn't need to show me how much I needed the family of God and how he works through each of us. Not just one of us. He works through each of us. Each and every one. And how we edify one another. I had heard that before. Let's edify one another. Boy, that just kind of went in one ear and out the other. I really didn't realize what that meant. And when I did wow praise god how my heart was filled with joy to finally receive something i had never had and thought i didn't even need boy the enemy's a stinker he's a lying fool i fell for a lot of lies god opens our eyes i'm so very thankful that he opened mine and that he brought me into eventually what he had said Ahead of me for years. He had been so far ahead of me, that's another thing I learned about him. Looking back, I noticed, wow, you are always way ahead of each and every one of us. You have everything setting us up for a future we can't ever understand. And it isn't like jobs and and wives and children and this and that. That's part of it. But it's a relationship with him. That's what it really is. He sets us up to truly love Him. He does that by by uh, the indwelling, I believe, is the word. Make it simpler. By the filling, filling F-I-L-L, of the Holy Spirit, and we receive His love because the fruit. Of the spirit is love. And many things come from that. You notice your change in life. You notice when you've truly. Released yourself from the world. And submitted. Fully to God. It's a big word. When you submit fully to God. And you can. You really can. that's not a. It it really happens. And it happens by the filling of the spirit that's the first thing that happens and after that you submit yourself to god completely you will start noticing changes if you don't you tell me how you feel cuz i want to know if you really felt that love cuz you can't feel that love you can't be shaken by it it shakes you it awakens you it opens your eyes and you know it you know that you know that you know yes Ooh, if you haven't had that you're lacking you're absolutely lacking pray for it every day pray for it earnestly and nonceasingly because it will happen and when it does love enters your life in a way it never did before and you are able to love one another and that's when i was able to see how i needed others how I could help others and they could help me. How I needed a teacher. I needed a pastor. I needed the, the, the order that God had set up. It's his order for his kingdom. It's for his kingdom. I, I literally entered the kingdom of God. We should all be in the kingdom of God. If, if you haven't noticed that things make you mad, this here will touch you off. It'll push your button. Whenever this change happens, that button ain't there no more. I'm serious. You'll start noticing right away. Maybe not everything's wiped clean immediately. But you will notice a change in yourself. Whether others do or not right away. You will notice it within yourself. What used to get your goat don't no more. What, how you used to respond to something doesn't happen. That way you respond differently. And it will almost shock you. It really will. That first, these first, the, 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 the baby stage is just, I, I mean, it's like a, to a baby, everything is brand new and everything is exciting and everything is whew, fresh. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. It will amaze you. When that change comes upon you, that change that happens by the filling of the Holy Spirit. We can grieve the Spirit. I've done that too. Yeah. I've done that too. Whenever I had the Spirit, when I have, while I have the Spirit, I can... uh, be that spoiled brat again. I can do things that I know, I can think things. The old man, as I heard earlier, can sure come out. And when I grieve the spirit, there's no way I can grieve the spirit without grieving myself. That's another one of them changes. I can't do it. I can't grieve the spirit. I can't make the spirit feel unhappy or unpleased without feeling that way about myself not a depression not a sadness i ain't talking about that i'm talking about a red flag that pops up and says oh my i need my lord i go to my lord i know i got off track i got off the path i need to get back on and his light at my feet you know what that is i found out that light at my feet shows me that i got off track you don't really show me when I'm on the path. I know that. It shows me when I'm on the rocky thorny area. And I shout out to my father. Bring me back. Put me right. And he does every single time. He is always trustworthy. You can trust God. Amen. Yeah. All through the scriptures. Put no trust in man. Put no trust in your own understanding. All through and front to back. Who does he tell you to trust? That's it, our Lord Jesus. He gave him to us. He, our Father God, chooses us. This is scriptural. I ain't going into a bunch of scriptures today, but you can look them up. He chooses us, He puts us in the hand of Jesus. Jesus is now in authority over us. You know what that means? He's responsible for us, He has to take care of us. No, I mean, He has to. I didn't know he had to do anything. I thought he was Jesus, God. He can do as he wills. That's it. His will is to be responsible for me. He has to do it. Boy, that's a cool thing to know. That's a real cool thing to know that I am well taken care of. I'm no longer spoiled brat. Now I'm well taken care Well, maybe a little bit. So now I'm a well-taken-care-of individual That's by right. the Most High God. Yeah. I want us all to have this. I really do. And I praise God. Right now I want to praise God real quick for who he placed. Because I learned about the physical when I didn't think I needed it and I said I found out I do. I learned that God has an order and he places people in that order and i want to praise god thank god right now for placing jack in the order of being responsible for this small family of god did you know he is going to answer to things someday jack will that's the high responsibility he carries it's high Man, if you ever want to look at Jack and say, "I wish I could be like that," I want you to really search your heart, because there's a lot that comes with it. It's a big responsibility. He has to guard his heart. He really does, and he does. Is he perfect lands? No, he's been growing. He's, to, he's told the stories of the way it was 20 years ago and how it is today and his, and his uh, beliefs and, and what he has found and what he has been enlightened to. He's going to grow forever. Growth is one thing. Lying is another, and I've never heard a lie. I've never heard anything but scriptural teaching. Praise God for the man that he placed over this small family of God. God is preparing us for a kingdom. A kingdom is going to come. The, the times in my life whenever I could say these things and it fell on the ground in the dirt I'm going to proclaim them fully right now and I know that it's going to hit the hearts of you yeah. he is preparing us for his kingdom yeah. that's what the family is it's a preparation huh? the kingdom of God right now is within the hearts of men Someday it's going to come to this very planet. It's going to be in the physical. And the king, Jesus, is going to sit on the throne and he's going to rule the world. The world. He's going to have an order. He's going to have order. And he's going to place people over things and over others. And it's going to be a government. It's the one world government that I'm looking forward to. This one world government of man is only the the bringing in, the ushering in of the Antichrist. I'm waiting for the one world government of God. And I want to be ready for it. I want you all to be ready for it. Again, thank you, Heavenly Father. For forgiving us a man that hears you and gives your message and your word that we can grow and learn to fit in the kingdom of heaven. We want to fit in it. You know? It starts and ends with love. <laughs> Isn't it going to be great when our world is governed by pure pure unadulterated pure unblemished love wow I've never seen it nobody has nobody has that's going to be what a day that will be they say what a glorious day that will be I want to be a part of it I want to see everyone here Mm -hmm. so with that I leave with one thing one more little thing God's business huh sister we talked about it God's business is God's business you can say Mike you shouldn't do that I can say well this is where the Lord's leading me are you sure I tell you what I know that I know that I know stay out of my way stay out of my way I ain't letting people in my way no more That's already, I've done lived that path. Stay out of my way. Because I'm living for the Lord. I'm going to do what the Lord tells me to do. And if it sounds a little odd to you, I want to tell you why. I've got kind of a reason why. Something John does sounds odd to Ronnie. You know, example. Something Tammy does sounds odd to Pat over here. It's because it's called a personal relationship with God. Okay? Okay? And God's business is God's business. And what he does with Misty might be totally different than what he's doing with Job, but it will always line up with Scripture. You'll know in your heart that it's God because it lines up with his word. But people will look at your personality or your ways or how you are, how you look, because that's how man does it, and it'll be like it don't fit. And I'll, I'll be the first to admit sometimes, yeah, it don't fit at all. I don't understand. God's too big, man. It's his business. It's not mine. It's not my business what Deborah does or what you do or you do. It's my business what God does in my life. God uh, compels me to help somebody with a business that he's working in their life. Boy, ushers me into the business. Huh? You know, it's kind of neat whenever Job, we all got the Bible. We got his book, the book of Job. Tells us all about what happened. But you know, whenever Job asked, God could have told him, well, I sat down with Lucifer. We had his little moment. We talked about you. You notice how he never said that? You know why? it was none of Job's business. <laughs> yeah. huh? It wasn't his business. It was his business to understand that God is supreme yeah. And that Job is under him. Yeah, that's, right. that's that. And boy, God let him know that business, didn't he? Yeah. yeah, he made that his business real quick. Let's all remember that God reigns supreme and is sovereign. Yeah. And that we are under him. In doing that, we are blessed. Amen. Thank you. Amen. God
1: bless you. I love you too. Amen, isn't that good? Absolutely. That was a good word of God. You know, uh, I thank God for the people here at New Hope. You know, you guys could have church without me, but I couldn't have church without you. So I thank God that you're here today and that uh, you're growing and you're going in the Lord. You know, I think it is so funny that we are a church of misfit toys. And yet... And yet God is doing something into us yes. that other churches really wish would happen in their church. Yes. You know, God is changing people. Yes. Amen. And, and, and I really appreciate our ministers here at New Hope for digging their heels in and, and being committed to the Lord and, and reaching out and doing things. They asked me one time, they said, Jack, uh, do you ever do anything that doesn't take off the ground or stick to the wall? And I said, well we have a lot of ideas and sometimes we throw things up there and they stick and sometimes they slide down. Sometimes we know it's God's will and we throw it and it sticks and slides down so we take it and we put it on the shelf and we do it again next time. You know, I would rather strike out for God than hit home runs for the devil. You know, God will never, ever get down on you for truthfully trying to serve Him. Praise God. I enjoyed what Brother Mike said talked about you know we never us ministers we never get together and say this is what I'm going to preach make your message line up here or this and that you know God puts it together and knits it together amen father thank you for the word of God today lord it is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path and father lord let me just continue on where where you led Mike, God and lord I pray today God that you would speak to every heart that you would speak to every mind and, God, that you would open our understandings, God, and that the Holy Spirit would be in charge here. And, Lord, that you would change our hearts and change our lives. Father, those watching by Internet in different countries and even here in America, I pray, God, that you would just bless them. And, Father, bless the churches in Africa today, the churches, God, in, in uh, Bangladesh, the churches, God, all over the world. We pray that you would just bless them and take care of them, Father, and meet their needs, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. You know, King David, by today's terms, he would have been called a voyeur or peeping Tom. He would probably have had a sex crime put on him and have to sign in every month. You know, We're an ankle bracelet. wear an ankle bracelet. Yeah. You know, when you read your Bible, you can tell it's the Word of God because I wouldn't write that story that way. If I was writing this Bible, I don't think I would include some of the things that people did because it would maybe make me look bad. But you know, God, we can tell this book's inspired because God just says this is what happened, this is how it was. And King David was up on his roof one day, and he should have been out there with his men in battle. The king would go out and lead his people, but he had old, old Joab and all of them out there, and So he was there, and he got walking around on his roof. Now, the roof of the kingdom, that roof was higher than any roof in the uh, surrounding area. It was the highest point in the city, usually. And old King David gets up there, and he can't sleep that night. And he gets up there, and he's walking around, you know, and he looks over, and there is a beautiful girl. Now, before you get down on me, you guys, judge your own hearts. There (laughs) is... There is a beautiful girl down there, and he looked down there, and I don't think he said, oh, my goodness. I think he looked down there and thought, well, you know, and he began to look, and he began to entertain thoughts, and he's the king. He can do whatever he wants to do, so he sends some people, and he says, who is that girl that lives over three, three courts down from me? And they said, well, that's, that's Bathsheba, and you know, he said, well, go get her and bring her here. Now, this might have been that night. This might have been a night or two or three down the road. But eventually, David called for Bathsheba. And you know what he did? He had sex with her. She got pregnant. Now, Bathsheba and him, excuse me, Bathsheba and David hide their sin. Bathsheba never told her husband. That's interesting. And then David calls her husband because he finds out this girl's pregnant. And he says, i got to hide this thing and so he says go down there and sleep with your wife it's good that things are going good at the battlefront why don't you go home and and have a have a nice night with your family and your wife so he goes back he starts to go off but he doesn't go he sleeps there at the door and so he calls him back in. he said why didn't you go see your family He said oh i can't do that all my army buddies are out there and they're on the battlefront how am i going to go and and be with my wife and and be with my family no i can't do that so eventually David got him drunk now that's even worse now he goes not only has he slept with his wife now he's got him drunk and he says you know go ahead and he thought well surely now that he's drunk he'll go home you know and he doesn't do anything he does it again he stays there you know this is a man that loved David and that loved God and he stays there he stays there for two more, two nights so he spent three days there and so finally old david says bring me a pen and ink and he said joab take this man put him in the heat of the battle and then draw back from him and he said sincerely yours love king david i don't know how he signed it but he put it like that and he folded it over and he took a candle and he took wax and he sealed it with the king's signature and he said joab or he said uh You know, come here a second. He said, "Take this to Joab, would you, and give it back to him." He took his own death sentence without reading it, without looking at it, in honor of David. He took that thing and he went back to Joab. And Joab tore it open and he looked. Now I don't know what Joab thought about this, but it was like, huh. So they attacked the wall. When they attacked the wall, the battle came hard. You you never went up to the wall. Because people would throw things and, and pour hot stuff down on you. It was horrible. So he gets up there, and they attacks the wall, and then he retreats. And he's told most people in his army, except for this man, you know. And he, Uriah, and he pulls back, and Uriah is killed, and a, and some of his very good soldiers are killed. So now David has not only slept with Uriah's <coughs> wife, not only has he got his his. Uh, him drunk not only now he's got him killed and he's had a number of his own good men killed so the letter comes back to the king and the king says how goes the war and he said well it's pretty rough we rushed the wall sir and we pulled back and Joab was killed and or, uh, Uriah was killed and uh, a number of the good men were killed and David said well you know war is hell He said, the sword devours one as well as the other. Make make strong and take the city. Still trying to look good. He then invites, uh, you know, he invites him to come back in and and, uh, he begins to praise God and he begins to put on the front. For a year, for almost a year, he is living a lie. So he goes up there and... We know the story nathan the prophet comes up and he said he said you know i got a little something i want to tell you said because david was a righteous man things really burned him up when it was wrong he's carrying the guilt of all that he's done he hasn't told anybody you know excuse me have you ever done anything and carried that guilt oh man you know there's things today that i've done when i was young that I, I still feel the twinge of guilt even though I know I'm forgiven I still know what I did yeah, and then you know uh, Nathan says well there was a guy and David he had a little bitty lamb it was his little house lamb his kids loved it his wife loved it he loved it you know and there was a rich man had a lot of sheep a lot of lambs a lot of sheep a lot of he had some goats had a ton of cows a ton, tons of farm animals he was rich and well off and he said you know this guy came and uh, he had a party the rich man had a party and he went and he took that man's only little ewe lamb and he slaughtered it and had a party with his friends and david was furious because he figured this is something really that happened in his kingdom and he said you tell me who he is that man will pay sevenfold for what he's done and he said david you're the man and he said you took uriah's life and you took his wife you know and david broke inside he his sin was uncovered you know when we get to psalm 51 And psalm 32 these are psalms that david wrote concerning that time in his life when he was living that lie when he knew he was guilty when he was when he was frustrated you know and then he turned his heart to god these are the psalms these two psalms he wrote during that time we're going to look at psalm 32 today and i want to talk about you about this that god is bigger than your sin you know there was a man one time in uh, Vietnam and I have had a, I've had a lot of war veterans talk to me about the things that happened in their battles and it's very hard for them to understand that God can forgive them because in our minds it doesn't make sense I've done all this wrong and and stuff and, and, and I've taken lives and I've done these terrible things and it doesn't make sense that I could just say, God, forgive me, and it would happen. Yeah. You know, I've got to, surely there's something that God requires of me more than just to come to Him. You know, but I want to tell you something. God is bigger than your sin. Yes, yes.
0: amen.
1: You know, little sister Fawz, she's the sweetest lady I know. I think her only sin and Deborah's only sin is when they stole a candy bar or they lied to their mama. Now I'm sure that that's Sister Foss's and Deborah Lockwood's only sin. Even Willis could not speak to me about that that week of sin or that month of sin that Deborah had. You know, six months of sin. I want to get the full six months in there. You know, that six months of sin that Deborah had. But you know what? Deborah and Sister Fawz's sin was just as black as my sin of occultism right. and sins that I committed growing up. Doesn't matter. Sin is sin. Yes. And and you know there is a being, a creator, one who created it all. There is that one that holds our very lives in his hands He holds the lives of the sinner and he holds the lives of the saved and his business today Is that he wants to make sinners saved people? You know a lot of churches today. I feel sorry for them. all they're preaching about today is live a good life well so people can start living good, but you know, they can still be sinners yes, yes, true. There's there's a problem with that you see you don't live a good life to be saved You live a good life because you are saved and there's a part in life where you have to make a choice In order for you to be saved and if people can't say I've never made that choice Then I would say you're probably not saved You're trying to act good Trying to make a a good point in life, trying to change my way, turn a leaf, trying to be better. A lot of people in AA, they believe that there's a higher power, but that higher power can be whatever they want. Listen, there's no other name. Yes, right. No other name under heaven bar by a man may be saved right. except by the name of Jesus Christ. Right. You know, Amen. what started off as a good, godly organization has now become an organization that makes people just pick a higher power. Listen, do you know AA is? It could be massively powerful like it used to be if they would just return back to Jesus Christ? Yes. yes. Then we wouldn't have dry drunks. We would have saved people. Yes. Yes. And out of being saved, people would say, I don't want to live like that no more. That's right. That's right. Yeah. I've done things in my past that were hideous. Things that I, in my brain, can't live down. The way that I deal with it is I know that there is a God that forgives. Amen. And, I'm, and that's not me any longer. That's right. Amen. That's not me. And I want to tell you, if you're saved today, that's not you either. You know, we were made for a relationship with God. And King David knew that. He knew it, Mike. David knew that there was a God that that created him, that he was made for a relationship with that God. Sin disrupts our fellowship. Do you know that? you can be a safe person today and if you are doing things that you know are sinful you will have guilt in your soul and you'll know it like mike was talking about you know he was doing things but inside of him his brain was saying no 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 it's okay it's okay and his spirit was saying no it's not okay mike you know i don't know about you you ever had something that you're doing and you know and god's saying no 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 it's not okay but you're saying oh yes it's okay you're trying to wipe away like king david oh yeah it's okay she was really foxy god she was a fox number 10 you know (laughs) she's a foxy bag number 10 men you know what i'm talking about you know (laughs) we have a sorry girls but we have a rating scale so <laughs> but i believe you do yeah well you know my wife picked out of the negative numbers but <laughs> she helped me become a positive number at least nowhere to go but that that's right there you go honey she found me in the backyard and said mom i'm just trying to help him <laughs> So sin disrupts our fellowship. And you know, we don't, as saved people, we don't need to be living like that. King David wrote this psalm. Now, let's see what he says. How blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. How blessed. You know, a forgiven man is a happy man. You know what ha- puts a spring in your life? When you're walking with God and you know you're living right, that just makes you all happy. And you know, you can rejoice in God, but if you hide in your sin, he that hides his sin won't prosper. He that confesses his sin and forsakes it will have peace. You know? Look at this. They get down on Jimmy swagger and they said, "Ah, I look at him. He's up there. He's sleeping with that girl. Ah, now he's up there crying like a baby." Listen, that man said, "I have sinned," yes, he did, and he and he turned his heart to God, and now he's preaching better than he preached before. Yes, yes. James Baker was another preacher that sinned, and he went to prison, and the system made a a uh, example. example of him normal people would not have got that print sentence you know but they made a example of jim baker jim baker turned his heart back to god and you know what he's preaching better now than he is before he said my god we were into weird stuff like building hotels and building cities you know just for christians water slides he said where were we why were we doing that you know now He's looking to lead people to the throne of God. Yes. God's got a plan for us. Yes. Now listen, the thing that you're running to, why are you running to it? Because it's, it gives you something. The devil wants to pass you out counterfeit money, yes. counterfeit life. And you get, you get something from that. But if you give it up, you'll get something greater you'll get your self-respect back. You'll get your peace back. You'll get a stronger father-son, daughter-father relationship with God back. Amen. Listen, he said, happy or blessed is, is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. How blessed is the man whom the Lord does not impute iniquity and in whose spirit there is no deceit. God deals with our hearts and lives because he loves us. God's not up there saying, Phil, I want to clean you up because I don't like that. He's saying, Phil, let me have that thing that's stumbling you. Let me have that thing that weighs you down. And come on, turn your heart toward me. You know, and when we give it up and we turn to God. I like to say this. We turn to God and we give it up. There you go. You know, who turns from idols to the living and true God. That's all addictions are, are idols. That's all they are. You know, we're running to that to give us something to make our life happier. But God knows the truth. When we run to Him and give that thing up, and we turn our hearts to God, God can give us peace. Yes. You know, look, it says here, when I kept silent about my sin, my body wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. And my vitality was drained away as with the fever heat of summer. Unrepentant of sin brings emotional guilt and shame and stress. You ever notice that? It causes our bodies to get sick. You know, there is a link that they say like 90% to 95% of all sicknesses are from our mind. Yes. Is that true? Yes. It's true. They say, I don't know why they're getting sick. I don't know what this is going on. Number one, it wears your immune system down. Your body is dealing with this stress of unrepented sin. Your mind is troubled and depressed and angered and frustrated because there's something in there you're not dealing with. Yeah. God says that he built us this way where our spirit, soul, and body are all linked. And when our spirit hurts, our soul hurts, or our body hurts, it affects the other parts of it. So God looks at us and he says, maybe your sin is attached to your stress. Maybe your unrepented of sin is attached to your emotional health. You know what? Maybe your unrepentant of sin is attached to sicknesses that just keep to wear your body down. Doctors will give you more dope, more, more drugs. They'll give you more drugs, medication, and it'll numb your body, it'll it'll help your body, but it kicks up your immune system, but you just don't know why it keeps giving you trouble. Search your spirit. Is there something today that you know isn't right? And yet you you hold on to it you know I found this in my own life that there were things that I just didn't know how to stop and I would fail and I think God I don't want to be like this God I know you know this is wrong forgive me and I get up go a little wall, get up go a little wall and you know what I found when I begin to say God Created me a clean heart, oh God. Renew a steadfast spirit. God, I give you this stuff. I turn body, soul, and spirit to you. And God, I ask you to make me hate it. Take this away from me. And you know what? I begin to thank God for days that I made it. And the more I thank God for days that I made it, the less and less that happened. You know, and God is delivering us is delivered us, is delivering us, and will deliver us. Amen. He delivered you spiritually on the day you give your life to God. He came into your soul. He he came into you and made you a new creation and then he's delivering us daily as we turn those things over to God and then he's going to deliver us because praise God the things that torment you and tempt you today you'll never see again you know it you think heaven got any stress at all in it I don't think so has it got any emotional problems mental problems psychological problems got any physical problems all that stuff's going to cease Amen. amen it'll be wonderful yes It says, but when I kept silent, I didn't feel good. I cried constantly. My body got sick. Uh, He said, through my groanings all day long. Groanings not just physically, but groanings like, oh God, I just hate life sometimes. You know, for day and night your hand was heavy upon me. That doesn't mean that God was punishing him. That means that God was saying, look what you're doing. Remember what you did to Uriah? You know, look at what you did to his wife. You know, look at what you're covering up. The king would get up to make his speech, I'm sure, and he felt like a hypocrite. He knew, like Mike was saying, he knew he wasn't living right and he knew that nobody was really taking him serious and because of this sin, because of what he did with Uriah and and Bathsheba, do you know that to, that his children did not take him serious even two of his children tried to overthrow the kingdom tried to overthrow their own father they didn't have any respect for David really I acknowledge my sin to you that's the first thing you know I know that there's people and they have a certain religion that you go into a little closet and and the the priest will go into the other area and they'll shut the door and he'll say, Father forgive me for I have sinned. He'll say, speak my son. You know, and he'll begin to talk about all the bad things that he's did. Then that man will tell him, okay, you're forgiven. Do three our fathers, three Hail Marys, two acts of contrition. You know, whatever. He'll give him something to do which to me is earning your salvation. But But anyway, that person will go out thinking that they're forgiven. Thinking that that man who was endowed by God could forgive their sin. Listen, no man, no man can cleanse your soul. They may forgive your action, but they can't cleanse your soul. Amen. we may feel better if if I hurt Mike and I confess to Mike. Mike, I am so sorry. Please forgive me for that. Mike can say, brother, I forgive you and I love you. But you know, if I don't talk to God about that, it's still there. There's only one mediator between God and man. And that is the man Christ Jesus. He sits at the right hand of the Father to ever make intercession for you and me. You know, when I look at this. He said, when I kept silent, my body wasted away. When I acknowledged my sin to you, my iniquities, I did not hide. Listen, I don't care how dirty it is. I don't care how bad it is. I don't care what you did. When you begin to get real with God and talk to God and tell him about your sin, he is not shocked or surprised. In fact, he's happy that you came. Not only did he talk to God about what he had done, but he also called it by the by the term sin Hmm. He didn't say well, you know how things are my wife's real mean to me So I'm sorry that you know that I was real mean to that person (coughs) David said I've sinned God And then he says something interesting he said against you and you only have I sinned. And I thought, wait a minute. You, you sinned against Bathsheba. You sinned against Uriah. You sinned against all those people. You sinned against your whole kingdom. And you're telling me that, that uh, against God and God only have I sinned? Yes, because if I sinned against you, I've sinned against God. Yes. Mm. Go to the
0: source.
1: If I hurt Jolette and I do something vindictive and and hurt her i can go to jolette and i can say please forgive me but unless i go to the father and say lord please forgive me for what i did to jolette and then i go to jolette and i say, jolette i I talked really hard on you that day and i even said some things that i wish i hadn't said would you please forgive me you know however big the sin is that's however big our apologies need to be And when we make an apology, we can't say, well, Alan, you know, I was really stressed when that happened. That's like saying, Alan, I'm sorry I kicked you, but I was mad. (laughs) What good is that? I took it all out on Alan because the dogs in the house made me mad, you know? And even though I said, I'm sorry, Alan, you know, but, but, I'm sorry, but, when you say, I'm sorry, but, then you've nullified your apology doesn't matter whether the dogs made me mad doesn't matter whether things went bad in my life if I owe an apology to Alan then I need to make that apology without any type of but you know without anything I acknowledge my sin to you and my iniquity I did not hide I laid it out there God I said, I will confess my transgression to the Lord. He began to talk to himself and he said, I remember when I first did it, I said, I will confess my sin to God. You know, and he, and he did. And you forgave the guilt of my sin. He didn't say the sin never happened. He said, you forgive the guilt of it you know when I got down on my knees that day at Faith Tabernacle Church at a little altar like this you know I knelt down and I and I turned my heart to God and I made no excuses for all the weird stuff I was in and the things I had done and the and the way I had turned to the Satan and all that stuff I made no excuses and I said God I don't have anything to offer you but here I am Lord, please forgive me for all of this. I can't go back as much as I want to and go back and and make all of that right and and just wipe that all away and say it never, never, ever happened. I can never do that. But I can say I confess my sin to the Lord and He forgives me of all my guilt. You know, when He looks at me and when He looks at you when we turn our heart to God, it's just as if we never sinned. That is amazing. It's just as if we never went back and done all that. And he said, I won't remember your sin. I'll remember your sin no more. I, th- <clears throat> I have thrown it as far as the east is from the west yeah. Yeah. isn't that wonderful that on the day of judgment and we stand at the, at the throne of God that God's not going to go back to 1997 or 1992 or, uh, or any other date in history before we got saved and pull something horrible and hideous out and say yeah but you've done this he's not going to do that because it's gone as far as God is concerned it is gone there's a list of individuals that will not make heaven and you know what it says I think it's in Corinthians it said these type of people will not inherit the kingdom of God I was some of those type of people but then it said then it says this that it's gone he said this he said that uh, that these will not inherit the kingdom of God and such were some of you right. Corinth was a horrible place it was nasty spiritually, sexually, morally every way you could think of mean, hateful, belligerent uh, scheming, conniving those were Corinthians and he said such were some of you I want you to know something such were, some, we are pastors also yeah. but we're clean but we washed. Yes. But we made holy in the eyes of God because we belong to Him. He's the God of forgiveness, the God of love, the God of reconciliation. He came to reconcile you to God, to wipe away your past. He was the propitiation, the reason for God not to punish you and me. Isn't that right? And just like those poor people that believe that God's going to let his people go through the tribulation. I always say, what? You believe that God's going to pour judgment down upon his people? No. No. That'd be like me going into a room where Jason had a bunch of kids doing weird stuff. And I go in and I whip everybody, including Jason. You know, God says, I've come that you can escape that hour that shall come upon the whole world. Do you know that? There's a verse that says that we would escape that hour of judgment, that hour of punishment, that hour of tribulation that will come upon the whole earth. Yes. You know, he will, he will come back for His people. Yes. And then we'll have the marriage supper of the Lamb and He will come back with His people. Yes. And we will, we will rule and reign with the Lord a yeah. thousand yeah. years yeah. you know that God he's going to set his kingdom up in Jerusalem and rule this earth yeah. and then he's going to recreate this earth and, and, the, and the atmosphere he's going to recreate all of that and it's going to literally be heaven on earth yes.
0: Yes.
1: a new Jerusalem yes. Amen. man just think of this I acknowledged my sin, my iniquity, I did not hide. I said, I'll confess my transgression to the Lord. And you forgave the guilt of my sin. You forgave the guilt of my sin. Therefore, let everyone who is godly pray to you in a time when you may be found. Right now is a time when God may be found. Listen, when we draw our last breath, And if we don't know the Lord he will not be found you know now while we have breath in our lives it's a time to call upon the Lord it's a time to turn our heart to God you know surely in a flood of great waters they will not reach him you are my hiding place you preserve me from trouble you surround me with songs of deliverance you know think about that and then it turned this psalm. Turns to God talking to David and he said I will instruct you and teach you in the way in which you shall go I will counsel you with my eye upon you Thy word is my counsel the Bible (laughs) said I'm I do counseling I'm a counselor and that is the the verse my counseling sets on is your word is my counsel Listen, I don't I know Skinner and Freud and all them people but God's word is our counsel God's Word is the way to deal with our problems in our life. Yes, amen. amen. Listen. Yes. Do not be as the horse or as the mule which have no understanding, whose trappings include bit and bridle to hold them in check. Otherwise, they will not come near you. May your sorrow be the... May you, many are the sorrows of the wicked, whose sin brings condemnation, loss, and pain. Yeah. Many are the sorrows of the wicked, but he who trusts in the Lord... Loving kindness shall surround him. Be glad in the Lord. Rejoice in your righteous ones. And shout for joy all you who are upright in heart. Amen. You know, uh, God is with those who know and, and follow the Lord. Amen. I just think God about this. You know, don't be like the mule and the horse that have no common sense. You know, she had a little horse and she said, Man, you'd have to go out after him. and He'd run across the field and, She'd take the bridle out there and wrestle the sucker down and put that bridle and, and lead on him and bring him back. Yeah. You know, we're not like that. Don't be like that. Don't be like Adam who ran and hid right. because God would show up at the cool of the day and walk with him. And when he sinned, when we sin and Adam sinned, there is a natural inclination in us to run, yeah. to hide our sin. That is natural. That's a fallen state, natural man. But God said, Adam, where are you? He knew exactly where he was. You know, you can see when people would sin, God would say, "Uh, where's your brother Abel? He said, am I my brother's keeper? He knew exactly where Abel was. You know, I think Abel was up there with him. And then all of a sudden, you know, we get looking. Why did God do that? He did that because he wanted them to run to him and acknowledge their sin. That's exactly why he talked to them like that. So that they would run to him and turn their heart to him and acknowledge their sin and turn from that thing. And I believe that Cain would have been spared. I believe that Adam and Eve would have been loved and ministered to. Even though Adam and Eve sinned and they pushed the the case, God was still so good to clothe them. He was so good to to keep them from the tree of uh, life and death. You know, keep them from that tree that they eat and, and would die in a damned state. You know, He was so good to put an angel there to guard them, to keep them from that. You know, God is so good to you and me to give us another day. God is so good to you and me that He said, Whosoever shall call upon the Lord will be saved. Whosoever shall call upon the Lord will be saved. He's... Yes. How great is our salvation. If the righteous are scarcely safe, where will the sinner and the ungodly appear? that you know if you had a million threads up here and there was one thread of pure red and it was the only way to the Father and if the people chose that way, then they are then uh, they are saved only by that yeah. if the righteous are Scarcely saved only by the blood only through Christ by the blood of Christ If that's the only way if the righteous are scarcely saved then where will the sinner and the ungodly appear? I'll tell you where they'll appear at the white throne judgment Amen, they will not stand in the congregation of the righteous. They will not be judged in our judgment That's right You know, when I look at that and I see God's goodness and His kindness, He is robbing hell of souls every day. You know that? He is robbing hell of souls every day. God is that good. Listen, when you sin, when you sin, don't run from God, run to God. If you're struggling with something, please, I'll talk to you. We'll, we'll work things out and I'll stand with you. You know, we got people in this church. If you don't want to talk to me, there's people here that you can talk to and, and stuff. But, but there is a way to deal with the problems in our lives that we can run to and God can help us with. Yes. Amen. Father, I've given the best I know to give today. Honey, would you play something? I've given the best I know to give today. And Lord... I thank you that it hinged right in with brother Mike's word today and Lord we've done the best we know to do now father I pray God that you would just speak to hearts that you would speak to lives father I pray God those that watch by internet that Lord you would touch them right where they're at and Lord there's people that have been away from you God and they've been wandering in the world some of them have been drinking and getting drunk Father, Lord, there's people here that's, that's uh, living uh, sinful lives, God, that are watching us. God, and you know, God, you know all of our troubles, all of our shortcomings, all of our rebellion. Father, we don't want to be like this. And Father, Lord, you don't want us like this. And God, you're not come to condemn us, but you come that we could have life and life more abundantly. And Father, there's problems, God, that are going to have to be worked out and walked out, Father. And I pray, God, you give them the strength to do that. Father, Lord, right now, God, I pray that you speak to hearts and lives. Amen. If you're here today and you, you're just really having a rough time, then I want to pray with you. Amen. If you call on the Lord, God can forgive you and God can change you. He can take that out of your heart. Amen. you will have another day of victory. And then tomorrow, you'll have another day of victory. Amen. And pretty soon, that won't be in your life any longer. Amen. Create in us a pure heart, O God. There's people here that need to give their life to Jesus. And if you've never given your life to the Lord, today is the day. I want to pray with you. If you're watching by internet, then pray, pray and talk to God. Give Him your life. Turn to Him you're into the occult, into weird religions, into uh, uh, messed up relationships, whatever's going on with you that you know it's not right, then you turn from that and and let God fill that void in your heart. Happy is the man. Father, blessed is the man whose transgression is forgiven and and whose sin is covered. Father, Lord, I thank you. If you're here today and you want to give your life to God, please come up here. I want to pray with you right now. Amen. I'm going to agree with you as you begin to talk to God. Amen. If you could cut the microphone.